Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Thank you. Good morning, church. Uh, got a great... Can we put it on the screen up there as well? Thanks. Uh, got a great message for you guys today, but I want to tell you how I got here with this message. I only speak like once or twice a year, it's a real privilege, but you know, you get a long time to talk to God and go, what do you want me to talk about? And you've, I've got my little notes app and you have ideas. And I forget what this idea was, but I, I said it to my wife driving in the car. I'm like, what about if I spoke on this? And she goes, oh, that might be good for like kids' church. And I'm like, okay, I'll scrap that. Like, <laughs> so that was out. But then if you don't know me, my day job, I'm you know, very much involved in business and I thought, you know, I was, I was trying to use my experience in different business scenarios to come up with a message. Um, but then God being God took me on a totally different track and, you know, what caught my eye was uh, I was online on Amazon with a book or something and then it have, you know, they have recommended things that you, based on what you're reading. And it's, this book was called The Author of Light. And I'm like, wow, that sounds cool, you know, like, I, I want to sort of dig into that. And I read the synopsis, and I'll read it to you in a minute. And uh, then I got the book, and then I, I thought, oh, this is what you want me to speak about, Lord, and it was a very strong confirmation. But I did have to remind God that when I did physics and chemistry in high school, I failed both of them woefully. <laughs> so so with, with that being said, uh, you know, it's definitely not going to be me speaking today. I feel just honoured to reveal some uh, great truths that, that, uh, about God that, that could help all of us. So I'll just pray first. Yeah, dear Father, yeah, thank you for who you are, uh, uh, your identity, your nature, uh, your creativity, your love for us, uh, your, your absolute power, Lord, your absolute control. You're a God of the big, but you're a God of the small. You're a God of everything, Lord. Uh, and everyone here today, Lord, uh, pray for them that they'll come to know you more. They'll be amazed by you. They'll glorify you more. And, and Lord, pray that people are energised and excited to share the truth about you with uh, people they know so they can come to know you too. Amen. All right, so the author of Light is a book by a guy, Doug Corrigan. Now, Doug, I can't read that from there, so give me a sec. Now, he's kind of like a scientist of scientists, and he's a, he's a Christian. So I'll just read you his credentials, right? He's got a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology. So that, that would be enough. But he also has a master's in physics on solid-state physics. Uh, and he also has a bachelor of engineering in um, electrical engineering. Uh, he's a NASA graduate fellow. He worked on a series of material science microgravity missions uh, conducted on board the space shuttle. And um, he's got a load of other things that he, he has done. So when you read the book, it's, it's uh, really simple to read. He makes it simple, but he describes in the book uh, the, did God reveal his identity and character and nature in the 
properties of light. And since a young age, he was amazed at how light behaves. And being a Christian, he came to go, you know what, God, God's the author of all things and he created all things. But with light, how light behaves is very unique and its properties reflect God's character, nature and identity. So what I'm hoping you get out of today is uh, two things. Firstly, you, you can be wowed today at how awesome God is. Unless you already know this, I guarantee you'll be like, wow, God's more amazing than I thought. And because the whole year we're going deep into being more faithful, and the more you know about God, the more you know how awesome he is, the more faith you tend to have in him. That knowledge leads to more uh, willingness to surrender to God. The other one is, um, you know, I hope people are more equipped and, like I said, excited to teach these lessons and the science of God to, to people that you may know that are sort of see science and God as things in conflict. Uh, does anyone have any friends, family or colleagues that would put faith in science and would consider God and faith in, in God the opposite or in conflict? Great. Well, not great. We... <laughs> it's not great, but today, after today, after today, you're going to be able to change some of that and you'll be able to gift them a copy of this book or you'll be able to speak to them about some of this. So the other thing I get passionate about is like things that I don't like. So I do not like that God has been uh, suppressed out of uh, school science teaching and institutions. You know, there's a lot of teaching on biology and chemistry and physics around, you know, things that are created or exist, but never is the credit or truth given back to the creator and the glory and the honour that he deserves. And that's a real tragedy in our modern world. Um, even if you watch the great David Attenborough documentary on nature, you're wowed with the creation, but never is the creator mentioned. They're suppressed. So we've got to do something about that. So today's about equipping you to do that a bit more. Because God doesn't like it when his truth is suppressed. Romans 1, 18 to 20 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. And... It's, it's even harder these days to have an excuse because the more technology we have, the more we can actually reveal and understand God and his creation. So it's even more awesome. But, so let, let's get into it because... Well, actually, first thing, it wasn't always the case that scientists and Christianity were in conflict. You know, Isaac Newton, great Christian and great scientist, you know, he said... All variety of created objects which represent order and life in the universe could only happen by the willful reasoning of its original creator, whom I call Lord God. 
And Louis Pasteur, you know, pasteurization and uh, fermentation and all the stuff he did. He said, the more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the creator. Science brings men nearer to God. Little science takes you away from God, but more of it takes you to him. So I'm going to attempt to give you a lot of it, so I hope you get a lot. <laughs> and yeah, I found this other guy, um, George Washington Carver. He's done a lot of um, really cool things with science. One of them was he came up with 300 different uses for peanuts. Uh, also, he worked a lot on soil depletion and alternative crops to cotton. He loves to think of nature as an unlimiting broadcasting station uh, through which God speaks to us every day, every hour, every moment of our lives if we will tune in and remain so. So I ask you to try, try follow along today. I'll try to do my best. Um, but we're going to get into the properties of light. So there's 18 characteristics of light that provide a very detailed description of God's nature and character. Uh, don't have time for all 18, um, but what I'm going to do is try to get through 10, 10 properties, and you can check out the other eight after. So the first property of light is uh, God is absolute and light is absolute. So... The speed of light is actually absolute. It's not relative, and I'll explain it in a minute. Also, time is not fixed. Time is relative. Energy is relative. Matter is relative. Distance is not even fixed. Distance is uh, relative to light. Um, and you know, if you don't get it straight away, it's okay. It, it's a property that doesn't make sense because it's how God works. Now. Let's have a look at this. So if you were travelling 20 miles an hour in a car and there was a car in front of you doing 60 miles an hour, you know, what is the relative speed? 40. 40, right? Because it's relatively 40 miles an hour faster than your 20. So we're very, very used to speed being a relative. Um, but light does not work like that. Light is absolute. Meaning, if you were doing 99.99999% times the speed of light, like just a little bit slower than the speed of light, a light beam would pass you at the speed of light. Not, not a little bit faster. Like... One, one way Einstein would explain this to people, he'd say, if you theoretically could drive a car at the speed of light, what would happen if you switched on your lights? They would, they would go at the speed of light. So you don't have to understand it, but it's how light works. It's, it's, ab it's absolute. And the letter C there, C stands for the speed of light. And we'll get, we'll get into this equation later, but this is a very famous equation. Everyone's seen this before? Yeah, energy equals mass, the mass of something, times light times light. The C is light, the speed of light. But the only thing absolute constant in that equation is light. The other things are variable. So we'll, we'll get into that. 
we'll come back to it. But let's have a look. All these things get revealed and we, it's only in a hundred years you know, that Einstein's theory of relativity and the absolute nature of light has become known. There's thousands of tests that have proven that. Uh, but in the Bible, it's already obviously been confirmed. Malachi 4.6 For I, the Lord, do not change. Probably the most definitive absolute statement regarding the Lord. Exodus 3.14 God said to Moses... I am. I am who I am. That's, there's nothing, I'm not relative to anything. I, I am. Psalm 119.160, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Now, when it says word there, we'll revisit that verse as well in another property of light. It's talking about Jesus and God the Father being one. So in the beginning, Jesus was there. The word was there. The God's word is eternal. It's absolute. So is Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is an absolute statement. You know, relatively speaking, is there another way to God or is there just one absolute way? There's only one absolute way. There's only one absolute covering of sin. There's only one absolute sinless person who is qualified to pay the price for us. Absolutely. All sins for all people, all time. His sacrifice is absolute. So that's a property of light. Light's absolute, God's absolute. Next one, God is omnipotent. Do you say that or omnipotent? What do you guys say? <laughs> yeah. And so is light. Infinite power is required to reach the speed of light, meaning God is all-powerful, but nothing can reach the speed of light. So any object that weighs something has mass, has to, ex to accelerate to the speed of light would require an infinite amount of energy. I'll show you a little graph. So this shows you on the left, like the mass of an object, like doesn't really matter what it is, one gram, or 100 grams, all the way up. And on the bottom axis is the speed of light, like 0 0.1, 10%, 20%, all the way up to the speed of light. Now light, travels at 300,000 kilometres a second, right? So even 10% of the speed of light, 30,000 kilometres a second, we, we can't go that quick. We, we don't even have something that... But when they've done tests and they do accelerate small objects, like an electron, like part of an atom, you know that big thing they built in Europe, that uh, had the Hadron Collider? Have you heard of that? You know, all the world's best scientists and countries chipped in billions of dollars to create the ultimate science experiment playground. They accelerated an electron to 99.999991% the speed of light. So just 0.00009 slower. But they could, can, and they required so much energy to do it. But as you see, the closer you get to the speed of light, it just becomes infinite because the object gets heavier. The heavier it gets, the more energy it needs. And it's just unobtainable. 
to reach the speed of light because you would need all the energy that exists in the entire universe just to accelerate one electron to the speed of light. So it's not possible, it's not attainable. So if we look at Jeremiah 32:17, Ah, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Job 11, 7, 11. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? Maybe that's what the scientists said when they were trying to reach the speed of light. Yeah, we probe the limits, but what can we do? We can't, we can't attain what God has. But Jesus beheld them and he said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It's another thing of light. Next property, God is omnipresent, light is omnipresent. So again, I won't spend too long on this one, but length is actually relative. Like we, if, you, if I had a ruler up here, or say this book, right, it's probably 25, 30 centimetres long, we think that's fixed. But when an object travels closer to the speed of light, the distance contracts. So there's another little chart that'll help you on that. It's very similar to the other one, just inverse. You have the length of something, like one at the top, and the speed of light on the bottom again. But you can see the faster you get to the speed of light, the actual distance goes to zero. So that's why, you know, God, God is in the beginning and the end and the middle simultaneously because he is light. When for, for, for a light beam, it is at the beginning and the end of its origin and destination simultaneously. It, it doesn't, distance, distance collapses. That, like the whole universe for a light beam collapses into a single point. I know it's a bit over the top, but... But that is a property of light, and the only other thing that operates like that is God. It's revealing his character. It's like these things are like God's signature in light. He's, he created all things, but he goes, oh, this is who I'm, I'm not only create light, in light, I'll show you who I really am. So... Let's have a look at some verses on that one. Jeremiah 23, 23 to 24. Am I only a God nearby, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I, do I not fill the heaven and the earth, declares the Lord? And Psalm 139, 7 to 10 says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings on the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold. So God is, you know, omnipresent. Now these ones will be a lot easier because these are all on different properties of light. Actually, is a He's a trinity, just like God. So the first one we're going to look at 
is light as a trinity in composition. How light is composed, what is it made up of? So does anyone know what light is actually composed of? Have a, have a go. No, that's atoms, but there is a photon. Yeah, there is a photon in light. Now, a photon's a particle, but what, what else makes up light? Who said waves? Very good. Yeah, so scientists used to say light is a particle, and other scientists would say, no, light behaves like a wave, not a particle. And they ran this experiment, you can go home on YouTube, look up the double slit experiment where they put two slits and they fired light at it. And there was opposing thoughts because in, in one experiment light behaves like a particle but in another one it behaves like a wave. And it's like light must be composed of both. So light is actually a wave and a particle. But if you look at, if you look at how it's composed, it's got... Uh, an electric field is a wave in light and on a 90 degree angle there's a magnetic field. So light has different frequency, we'll get into that in a minute, but the frequency of the electric field is mirrored one to one in perfect harmony with the magnetic field. And then there is a photon which is what, what we see, it's, it's visible, it's tangible. The electric field is invisible and intangible and so is the magnetic field, you cannot see that. But that, that's what makes up a, a light beam. So if you look at this from a, uh, God's identity as the Trinity and his character, you can assign God the Father to the electric field, you can assign the Holy Spirit to the magnetic field and when you see the photon, that's what... That's what's revealed to us. That's like Jesus. Jesus is revealed to us. So that's matter. So the trinity of God is reflected one-to-one -one in the structure of light, in its composition. Yeah, God's a trinity, light's a trinity. The next trinity... Oh, actually, let's read some verses on this. I love how the Bible's written thousands of years ago. And the last hundred years of science just reconfirms everything you have written. So, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So that composition of Jesus, the Father, the Spirit, all three were in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was, has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Next property of God, we'll get back to trinities in a minute, but God is self-sustaining Light is self-sustaining. So we said light travels at 300,000 k's an hour, but in, in space, if light does not encounter an object, how long can it travel at that speed? Forever. forever. So the fastest thing ever can travel forever. Now, what does light need to maintain that speed, to maintain going 
with that energy forever, what, what does it need? Nothing. It's self-sustaining. Just how God is. So what does God need to be God? What does God need to operate? Nothing. He, he, I am. So he created light, uh, and light reflects that property. It's self-sustaining. Basically, that electric current triggers and um, makes the magnetic current fire, and the magnetic one makes the electric one, and they just basically propagate each other non-stop, forever. Uh, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit confirms the Father and the Son, and the Son confirms the Father and the Spirit, and they all confirm each other, and they just, it's the same sort of structure. Yeah, there's a bit of a diagram describing it, but I just did it verbally. Uh, okay, light is a trinity in colour. This is an easy one. What, what are the three colours of light? The three primary colours? Oh, very good. Who said that? That was 10, 100 points. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, RGB, you've probably seen the cable RGB, you stick in your TV or whatever, like red, green, blue. Um, now, if you get equal red, equal green and equal blue, like 33.33%, you get pure white light. You know, so if you get Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, perfect combination, you've got God at his purest white. Uh, but also in that colour spectrum is infinite colour. Because you get one colour and another one and you overlay them, it makes another colour. And then you get that colour with another colour, makes another colour, and you can go on forever. You can make infinite colour. And also, God created our eyes to be able to detect that. You have to make both to be able to show how infinite and powerful you are. Now, God is also... A light is also a trinity in the spectrum of light. Like, so light is all those electromagnetic frequencies. But you know how you can have low frequency? But you can have high frequency. Like, the waves are very short and the waves are very long. So if you look at the spectrum of light, the bit in the middle, can you, can you guys read that, the visible? Yeah, you can assign that to Jesus because that's what's made known, that's what's made visible. But the visible light that we see all those colours and this light, that, that is a certain frequency, but it's not the whole spectrum of light. On the, on the short frequency, you have like radio waves. So FM radio, mobile phones, AM. Th this is all operating on light energy. Now, high frequency above what we can see, you have UV light, X-rays, gamma rays. Now, you can't see them, but they exist and they exert a force. So light is also a trinity of trinities, the composition of light, the colour of light, the spectrum of light. God's sort of screaming out his uh, identity in these things. The other quick one, light is unified and God is unified. You cannot separate the electric field from the magnetic field. You can't separate... The, pro, uh, the photon from, it, you know, light is a unified object. It cannot exist apart from each other as light. To be light, it has to be unified. God is fully unified. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We're, we're nearly there. 
I had a yawn about now in the nine o'clock service, and you, <laughs> you, you guys are doing way better, so it's good. Yeah, so John 10.30, I and the Father are one. 14.9, Jesus answered, Do you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? That's God's character. Now we're going to dive back into this. I gave you the warm-up session. Now we're going to go, <laughs> now we're going to go deep. By the way, I know nothing about this. This guy just does a tremendously good job making this simple in the book. But let, let's go into this, right? Because now we're going to look at this. This is actually an equation for God. So if energy equals mass times the square velocity of light. There's huge energy in things. Probably the most devastating example of that is if you see what an atomic bomb can do. You know, the, the, the mass inside atoms and structures, if they're split apart, releases huge energy. So God's complete nature would, would be... Mass is the physical thing you can see. Like, so you can assign Jesus to that, and the Holy Spirit and the Father can be the, the, the speed of light, the square, the square of the both. So this makes sense? So this is actually, you know... You see what one atomic bomb does with, you know, a ton of plutonium or something. You imagine, you imagine the power God has. It's infinite. It's like Jesus times the Father times the Holy Spirit is already infinite. But like one of them on their own has infinite power. But together, it's a, it's, it describes God. Now, what light does, because it is absolute, it calibrates everything. Time, space, matter, distance is calibrated by light. Just how God, the Trinity, calibrates all of creation. Everything is relative to God. So God is a Trinity. Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. John 10.30, I and my Father are one. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Colossians 2.9, For in him, Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And Isaiah 9, 6. For us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So the last one, nearly there. 10. God holds all things together, as you know. Light holds all things together. So if you, if you weren't freaked out by life, light already, one of the interesting things in the world is uh, if you look at every piece of matter, like that chair or this lectern, uh, you know, when they, they look solid like that is matter, all of that is matter. 
But actually, you know, if they're all made up of atoms, as you know. But if you look at the atoms as a nucleus, a proton, an electron, the components of the atom, if you add them up individually, they, they would only take up less than 0.1 of a percent of that matter. So why, why does it seem solid and why is it like that if 99.9 something percent is not matter? Well, the, the, around the nucleus and the electrons and the protons, the thing holding them together is electromagnetic energy. It's, it's light. It holds all things together, whether it's an individual atom or a molecule like hydrogen and oxygen, H2O, you have water. But in, in those structures, they're all held together with light. And, you know, there's also the way the photon interacts. We're not going to get into that. But uh, that's really cool. So let's take a look at a verse on that. Colossians 1 verse 7. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, who, who, when, sorry, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So I hope today... The two things I set out to do was increase your faith, increase your knowledge. Maybe you've learned one or ten things about how awesome God is. And I hope you feel excited and energised to bring to some people who don't know God, but they might love science and trust science. You've got something you can give them and say, hey, check this out, see what you think. Because it, it, God is faithful to bring them to him, I think, if you do that. Um, and lastly, if you do want a copy of the book, uh, happy to get you one for free. Just send an email to... Uh, that'll end up on my wife's inbox, actually. Yeah. She, she does the admin at lifegate.org.au. And the last thing I'd say, whatever you're facing today, as you just heard, God holds all things together. His power is infinite. He's omnipresent. Like Dave saying, God's already in the victory whilst you're in the battle because he has the power over all things, whether you need healing, circumstances to change, you want to re-commit re, uh, your life to the Lord, he has the power to do that. He has absolute authority. So the word author... Uh, means you have authority you're an author on the subject you have authority and because he is absolute he has absolute authority over all things so whatever it is you need changing you can come and have a personal relationship and connection with the creator of the universe who has absolute authority over anything and everything affecting you and that is welcome today and the prayer team will be here to do their absolute best <laughs> to, to uh, pray with you and pray for you or maybe pray for your friends that you're thinking about to influence. Um, thank you very much.
Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations, and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew, and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church, and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer, and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.